Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to a very, very special Above the Laws, Thinking Like a Lawyer. Yeah, yeah, and that, that crowd, that crowd is here because this is, once again, this is our second annual Thinking Like a Lawyer Awards show. Yeah, that's not Wait, really an Oscar song. Are but we, we're not talking about Star Wars? We are not at all, um, at any point, actually. So we are doing yet again, as we did last year, we're in our tuxes before this beautiful crowd of people, and we're going to wow them Ooh. with as many... Uh, with our with our Red Carpet Awards. But first, I get to grind my gears, right? Oh, do we... Do we, do we... There's a gear grinding. I think I get to grind my gears first. Okay. So we are talking about Star Wars. Okay, okay good. So this, no, for the audio editor, this is where you're going to mark for <laughs> deletion. All right, go. No spoilers, guys. But here's my issue with what's going on with Star Wars right now. The director of this, of this new movie, uh, Ryan Johnson, has been subjected to lots of Twitter hate, some death threats, to the point that he actually had to respond about it. People are, are crashing the movie's Rotten Tomatoes score. Most people generally like the movie, but there are a few. What's the word I'm looking for, Joe? Uh, fanboy man children jackasses who just decided that they have the right to try to make this man's life horrible simply because he did something more with the second star wars movie than make it a fanboy service merchandising gig right yeah it was an ambitious movie not all of it worked some of it did i like the parts i like the parts that worked i didn't like the parts that didn't work it was a fine freaking movie but it was more ambitious than what jj abrams tried to do last time it was more ambitious than any of the prequels and these fanboys are just they can't handle it it's ridiculous and the way that i tie this into like everything else that's going on with the world is that this is the problem with the democratization that the internet has brought us right Everybody oh, thinks that. that they can write their own Star Wars. Everybody thinks that they can be the coach of the team. Everybody thinks they can be president of the United States. You know what? You can't. It's not Little League Baseball. Not everybody gets to play. And there's got to be some like removal, some understanding to let the professional people go do their work instead of having this kind of Little League Baseball, everybody can play mentality, which is how we get a country run by people who are entirely incompetent with no discernible skills. Okay. Cool. So, um... You want to give out awards now? Well, I yeah, mean, let's I, get out I some did. fucking participation trophies right now. Right. But that, yeah, that was the thing. You're just kind of like, you're ruining the whole effect here. The whole point is to give out awards to people for doing very little. <laughs> and that's... This is not the opening we'd hoped for. I had commissioned him to do a musical number, as I expected, of any good Billy Crystal run awards show. Uh, yeah, my voice is a little bit scratchy right now. Oh, well. So, are we ready to go? Is the Let's, audience prepared? We're, um, we're ready. I'm, I'm just checking to make sure that um, we're doing... Yeah, drum roll. There's drums. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're about to start. Let's do it. All right. 
So for those who weren't here last year, we have a few categories, and let's begin as we did last year. We're changing this category. I want to get this out of the way. Last year, it was the non-judge of the year. Now it's um, judge very loosely of the year. We're going to have judges in here as well as non-judges um, going forward. Right. All right. Judge of the year. So nominees are Judge Posner, who managed to get in some fairly uh, nasty little fights with both SCOTUS and his uh, co-judges, and then quit out of nowhere and is now serving the pro se community by helping out. That was between that time he spoke with me for an hour on, on More Perfect. Well, that's right. Tell us more that. about that. Um, that's where he defended the Kamuatsu decision as rightly decided at the time to my face by saying that it was okay for Roosevelt to do it because he didn't know any Japanese people. Um, it was kind of an amazing uh, bit of sound that we got, and he quit maybe a week after it went up. Oh, no. Yeah. One had nothing to do with the other. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, so he had a an uneventful year uh, in our Judge of the Year category. Hillary Green, that is a Texas Justice of the Peace who admitted to sexting with a bailiff and was also, there was some stuff with recreational drugs in there, but uh, some fairly um, graphic sexting with her bailiff, which, I, I mean, for those of us old enough to remember Night, Night Court, Court. <laughs> I mean, Bull was always the subject of... Yeah, this was, th- this just that story just felt to me like a more adult version of Night Court. And I don't think it really... It's a nice nominee, but I'm not... I'm yeah, holding all, out for something better. Well, so we'll go with the obvious uh, elephant in the room right now, Alex Kaczynski. Yeah. Yeah. Ninth yeah. Circuit Judge Alex and former Chief Judge of that circuit, Alex Kaczynski, who retired earlier this week amid... To use the word mounting is uh, an understatement. understatement. Uh, an avalanche of sexual harassment claims. Yes, turns out he was a perv. Allegedly, yeah. Certainly, there a lot was coming down that pipe. He's the the thing that's interesting about Kaczynski. I think is that you know Kaczynski is the start of this, not the end of this. Oh, explain in in the judiciary, right? Like his time in the barrel has come first, but you cannot believe, given everything that we have been seeing in our culture right now, you cannot believe that of all the federal judiciary, only Alex Kaczynski had this problem of sexually harassing his clerks. That can't, we can't, he simply can't be the only one. Now, I don't know how long it's going to take us to find out who's next. I don't know if we're going to break that story, if that story is going to be broken other way. I don't know where the sources are. But like, I do not believe that this is the end of this train. Yeah. No, and it's also the beginning and not the end to the extent that now another vacancy on the Ninth Circuit, which means yet another opportunity for this administration to put a judge in there that will, I mean, Judge Kaczynski, while a Republican-appointed judge, was a fairly independent-minded, fairly libertarian person. If only we could come up with a libertarian-minded person who... Who clerked on the Ninth Circuit, perhaps? Maybe. Um, perhaps has some prosecutorial experience. Trump right. people like that. Yeah. Uh, you say uh, Fed sock because Fed's, Federalist I mean, Society is how they like, pick We need people. to have yeah. under 50. Yeah, it definitely has to be under 50. It'd be nice because now they've got to deal with Doug Jones and stuff like that if they had somebody that maybe Democrats would find at least palatable, like maybe a diverse candidate. Yeah, maybe somebody who checks a couple of boxes in terms of diversity. Maybe yeah. um, a person of color. Yeah. Wait a minute. Don't we work with a guy like that, Joe? We do. Yeah, so... We're very much, uh, he has nothing to do with this, but Ellie and I have very much decided that it's not a joke. It is very serious. David Latt, uh, the founder of this publication, of the Above the Law publication, 
is one of the people who would best fill that role. David Latt, and completely joking aside, David Latt fulfills all of the requirements that we have seen for Trump judicial appointments. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from my side of the aisle, while I disagree with Latt on, you know, 90% of the stuff, like yeah. I take Latt over most of these yahoos yeah. um, that Trump is, uh, is is putting up. Speaking of yahoos, we, we'll get to a few of them uh, hmm. before this is over. Um, and the so who's... Final. Well, we have oops. one final. I didn't so, realize we had a final. So okay, you've you've got some th- senses already. The final judge slash non judge of the year, former Chief Justice Roy Moore. <laughs> Roy Moore, who attempted to run uh, twice, the Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court kicked off both times. Ultimately, tried to run for Senate and did such a spectacular job that the Democrats managed to elect a senator from Alabama. I saw on Facebook today somebody said. Roy Moore still hasn't admitted that he lost the election. That should tell you something about the rest of his denials. <laughs> well, he um that's a good point. Uh I saw the the quote of the day for us was a joke that's going around about Matthew Peterson, the judicial nominee who got grilled uh the other day. What do Matthew Peterson and Roy Moore have in common? What? Their careers both ended because they failed to understand younger abstention. <laughs> oh, that's deep nerd. Deep oh. nerd. Yeah. All right. And dirty. Yeah, my vote here is clear. Okay, what do you got? Um, Richard Posner. Yeah. Here's the thing. In terms of an award, Richard Posner gets an award for being a powerful man, leaving his job surprisingly, while keeping it in his pants. Yeah. Apparently, that's a skill now. Yeah. Judge Posner... He left because he had these other issues, because he was pissed about that, because he was angry about that. He did not leave. He was not forced out because he was an alleged uh, sexual predator. There are a lot of powerful men who can't say that right now. Judge Richard Posner, my judge of the year. Yeah, and and the pro se work he's doing is is fantastic. Well, we don't get to choose who wins because we have our results vetted by PWC, just like the Oscars. And Oh, they've lost them. So we are going to decide, and it's going to be Richard Posner. So with that, we, we've got our first one out of the way. Everybody uh, still excited out there? Yeah, all right. So we're just going to keep having fun with sound effects. So uh, the next category we have is practice pointers, which is our annual category for just moves that may be a bit boneheaded in this practice. So You can learn some point. You can learn from others' mistakes. Correct. Uh, so our first nominee is Lynn Patton. Lynn Patton was picked by the president to head up part of the housing and urban development uh, office in the region based on her legal acumen. She also happened to be a wedding planner for the family. Her legal acumen uh, came into some controversy when the school was called about it by reporters and they went, what? She didn't go here. <laughs> uh, so she may not actually have been a lawyer ever. Practice pointer, um, update your resume. Yeah. Ne- correctly. <laughs> correctly. We have five nominees in this category. So our next nominee is uh, Abby Lowell, a uh. famed lawyer. Check your email is probably the answer. Uh, Abby ran into some trouble earlier this year by representing Jared Kushner and uh, responding to an email from somebody who purported to be Jared Kushner and correctly not trying to do it over email. But then that fake troll email was in his outlook and then he sent uh, confidential documents to uh to this troll later by just going jared oh yep that's it 
So check your email. Well, early, you know, archive your email. Don't do autocomplete. Just turn off the autocomplete function on your Outlook. It's important. <laughs> uh, you don't want it up like this. Michael Potier is our next nominee. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, this is a Denton's associate who has, I believe his case is now over, originally pleaded not guilty, but I believe they've reached an agreement. He uh, allegedly threatened to blackmail his firm by turning over documents to above the law. So we appreciate the uh, being, being dragged of. in, being dragged into it. That's great. For yeah, us. That, yeah. So that that's a practice point or not to blackmail your firm. Also a practice pointer for other media companies, have a liability shield. So Mary Jacqueline Cook was, uh, was in the news. This is a Fager associate out in Colorado. She, uh, she went on her honeymoon this year. She came back and discovered she was woefully behind on her hours and so uh, made up hours. By the way, she got suspended for this. You, you are not supposed to do that. No, you're not. Yeah. She, she got a nine-month suspension, though, so let's let's hope that honeymoon worked. You're also uh, not supposed to make up more hours than are in, you know, like, a day. Yeah. Like, if you if you find yourself billing time for 25 hours for a day, um, you've messed up. You done messed up, and you need to edit that, at least. That said, I kind of, I kind of am sympathetic to the situation, which is, why do we live in a system where you aren't allowed to have a honeymoon? Uh, basically, why is why is getting married being held against this person? That should have been a situation where she comes back and says, "I'm going to be behind, but it's because I was gone for a month," and we just leave it at that. But alas, uh, and finally, we have a dual nominee, uh, Ty Cobb and John Dowd, for having lunch and discussing the Trump Russia defense while sitting next to a New York Times reporter. Yes, <laughs> don't do that. Don't talk in public about it. <laughs> Obviously, this is my choice. Obviously. It's, it's the, the best choice because this is a team of people who should know better. Yes. These are the best lawyers our president can find to represent him. And what they're doing is having confidential communications about the Mueller investigation. And it's not like they were in some kind of out-of-the-way spot. They were in sidewalk seating at a very popular D.C. lunch spot. Of course there's going to be report. Like, I don't know if you've, ever, if, if you've ever lived in D.C. Like, you know where the reporters are. They're, they're in all the places they're supposed to be. There are many places in D.C. that are hidden, that are secret, that are dark, that are there to be away from the press. Sidewalk seating at this restaurant was not one of them. Yeah. So it both melds the... Just lack of competence from the Trump administration, with also their just lack of DC know how. You know, for all this, like, oh, we're outsiders or running outside. Yeah, we'll, we're going to drain the swamp. No, first of all, they're not draining the swamp, but sometimes it's useful to know, you know, some how the swamp actually works if you want to be effective there. So that story just kind of brings it all together for me. So I, I've got them uh, in a romp. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I agree. So there, congratulations, Ty and John will be sending the trophy. To you, they they could not be here today, but uh, they wanted us to thank folks on their behalf. There is part of me that thinks the woman who built twenty five hours in a day got robbed, though. Because I mean, so, um, oh, by the way, if you know lawyers are bad at math, so right. you kind of get that. If people uh, are are listening and don't know, and you want to look up these stories, you can look up all of them because all of these are people that we profiled throughout the year on Above the Law. We wrote about every one of these stories, so by all means, go. Look them up. I literally thought you were going to tell our listeners that there were 24 hours in a day. Uh, I could have. Well, you know, daylight saving. So let's move on to uh, what last year was our closing 
topic because it was such a, a great one. But this year, kind of lackluster, so we'll throw it in the middle. The Dewey and LaBeouf Law Firm of the Year Award. Ah. The Law Firm of the Year. We only have uh, four nominees. So first up is Venable. Venable gets on this list because a partner, William Briggs specifically, wrote a cease and desist letter to people for, well, writing a thoughtful op-ed about Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's. I love this story. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a classic Streisand effect story. Yeah, I never knew that Taylor Swift was a Nazi. Well, she's, until she may or may not be, but that she definitely makes choices that have made her a very popular icon with certain Nazis. Until the Venable lawyer sent the letter telling the blogger to stop calling her a Nazi. It never occurred to me that Taylor Swift might be a Nazi until this letter saying stop calling her a Nazi came out. It's brilliant. So yeah, no, it, it was it was an op-ed that basically suggested that the, she's very popular on alt-right boards, and one of the reasons might be that she chooses imagery and phraseology that they latch on. And this fairly thoughtful op-ed yielded a cease and desist letter. It also then yielded a hilariously biting response letter from somebody who understood that you can't do that. Next, Holland and Knight. Uh, this one is the, this firm <laughs> fell into a situation which they got a timeout from a judge. So uh, Judge Paul Engelmeyer told them that they'd done something that he felt was improper. And he told them he was inclined to rule against them on the sanctions motion, but he would prefer if they would take some time and write him a letter explaining why they were sorry for what they did. Totally like dealing with children, just like it's your job <laughs> to write, you, sit and think about what you did and write me a letter about it. He explicitly said, this is not an opportunity for more briefing. I just want a letter apologizing. Holland Knight took this opportunity and wrote a brief explaining how they didn't think they'd done anything wrong and that he was incorrect about the law. Um, <laughs> he was less than amused. Uh, that is the uh, law firm of the year nominee. DLA Piper, the global law firm, they are on our list this year because in a world where cybersecurity means so much, the WannaCry virus really shut them down. DLA Piper, um, coming to us from their um, affiliate on Mars. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but that's the thing. These that's global firms need to understand they're even more at risk. DLA Piper is particularly vulnerable because it. We, I mean, we make the jokes because they have offices everywhere, and for that firm in particular, to not be more careful about cybersecurity is, you know, problematic. Including in the country of Africa, right? They, yes. they aren't, isn't this the firm that, yes. like, on their list says we have them in all sorts of countries, including Africa? Africa yes, that <laughs> was a while ago. Yeah, uh, and finally, Gordon and Reese, whose New York office manager Mercedes Colwin went on TV to explain that sexual harassment and assault are few and far between. Uh, the firm immediately address that situation yeah she <laughs> she wasn't using her firm credentials when she went on fox and friends or fox now or whatever fox whatever the hell it was but astute readers um pointed it out to us um and we were able to point it out to gordon reese and that was swift yeah uh she's not running that office right. so who do we think wins the firm of the year here well it can't be gordon reese because they did the right thing yeah i, I think that's right so I got to think that it's down between Holland and Knight, who did explicitly what they were told not to. Yeah, that's what I like. 
But the Venable thing was so dumb. It is. I, I feel like I feel like Venable is the La La Land here. Like I started assuming they were gonna win, but I think Holland and Knight move. You know. I think. I, look, it's Law Firm of the Year, right? Yeah, right. We can't impugn all of Venable because one of their dumbass partners, partners yeah. um, has an infatuation with Taylor Swift. All right, I think this is right. But Holland and Knight. I mean, think about all of the people involved. In sending that brief on, yeah. from Holland and Knight. Like, that's that's much more of a firm-wide issue of hubris. All right. Congratulations to Holland and Knight on Law Firm of the Year. Next up, we have... Oh, this is um, this is a fun little uh, short one. So our Thinking Like a Lawyer Award, which historically was for people utilizing legal things inappropriately in different settings. This isn't going to be that this year because, you know, this is going to be kind of a catch-all. This is for non lawyery things that just kind of didn't fit anywhere else. One is... Basically, uh, you're saying you made a whole category just for things that you felt like mocking a second time. Uh, well, mocking or talking about. Uh. I just like couldn't find a good place for them. Uh, one is uh, Mila Stauffer. This is a two-year-old girl who threw a ultimately viral fit on social media when she found out that her mom had enrolled her in preschool despite her explicit instruction that she wanted to be going to law school. She doesn't understand how debt works yet. Okay, I'm not going to mock the two-year-old. Really? Oh, see. Uh, anyway. Just, I've got one of my own. I don't want that coming back to bite me in the ass. Fair heads. enough. Uh, Ella Hughes, who is the British porn star who pointed out that she quit law school so that she could pursue a more lucrative career that involved less debt. Yes. Yeah. And just the same amount of... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to track your billable hours still. <laughs> um, and finally, in this category of not really lawyers, but like people who aren't really lawyers in a real sense, uh, Brett Talley, who is the no longer a nominee for judge who brought his, you know, legal, it's thinking like a lawyer, he brought legal acumen to reading tea leaves in a seance. Yeah, no, he's the winner by far. Yeah. Junior Ghost Hunter, who was supposed to be a district judge in Alabama, Will not be because cooler heads have prevailed somehow. So congratulations to Tally. Uh, you realize, listeners, we're not joking, right? Like Trump nominated a guy who believes in ghosts, who believes in ghosts, and hunts them. Yes, that is the thing that happened. Like I find it hard to believe that there are people out there who hunt deer, right? And that's okay. This guy hunts ghosts. I mean, look, you know, I mean, that's. It's a proud tradition. It dates all the way back to the Venkman era. <laughs> if you're going to eat the whole thing, then I guess it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, well, he also um, he also likes ghosts so much that Mark Joseph Stern from Slate found out that this guy was posting on Alabama sports boards about how the original KKK was kind of okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... It's ghosts. It, it fits with the theme. They, he likes the uniform. So... <laughs> Now, with that, congratulations to Brett Talley. We'll move to, let's move to professionalism. Uh, this is our professionalism mm. award for, you know, sterling acts of professionalism in the legal world. Uh, our first nominee is Jeffrey Wirtkin. That is an Aiken Gump partner who uh, was caught dressed up in a cheesy disguise trying to sell whistleblower info to companies. There was a movie about this with Matt Damon, wasn't there? Well, I mean, this happened earlier this year. So uh, Matt Damon is prolific, though. So hell, I don't know. <laughs> maybe there already yeah, is one. I don't know. Maybe 
Harvey greenlit that at some point. Um, but no, the, this is the Aiken partner who did that. Next up, we have Trent Garman. No, like Trent Garman, you're a big fan. All right, yeah. tell us who Trent Garman is. Oh, no, Trent Garman is the surrogate for Roy Moore, who was hired as Moore's attorney, even though Garman had been suspended from the practice by Roy Moore at some point. Uh, anyway, he went on TV, did a few things. He uh, called Don Lemon, Lemon Squeezy. Uh, he went Easy on... Easy peasy Lemon Squeezy. That is true. Big cl- clarification. He went on uh, Stephanie Rule's show and... Uh, and- uh, we went on Stephanie Rule, and I, I was watching this in real time. Stephanie Rule does a show with Ali Velshi, and he went on to talk about Ali Velshi's background and how because Ali Velshi had this different background, he was somehow more amenable to Roy Moore having uh, relations with 14-year-olds. And what was amazing about that is that Stephanie Rule caught him like, in real time called him out and was like, what are you talking about? Why does my partner's background have anything to do with this discussion? And just embarrassed him. Um, and it was great. So it was, it was exactly how you want a quote-unquote white ally to act yeah. um, when you're being impugned. And this happened on live television. So moving on, we have Jay Sekulow, who is <laughs> a Trump attorney who doesn't appear to be doing a lot of stuff other than going on TV. Uh, he also makes millions of dollars, somewhat controversially, and uh, seems to have no idea how the law works whenever he talks. I can't, like, when he's on talking about legal issues, it's not unlike a freshman, not a 1L, a freshman (laughs) who's had a survey course on on the law talking about legal issues. Like, it's the same level of depth and understanding. It's very frustrating. Well, and if you do, and from my perspective, because I, I was a white-collar defense lawyer for a long time, if you, even if you go so far as to say he has some sense of the law in some broad civil sense or whatever, this is a white-collar criminal investigation, and the stuff he says is even worse. From the perspective of a white-collar world, it's like an eighth grader talking, not he, a freshman. He's also like bad at explaining it, right? Like, the, yeah. like if you're going to be the lawyer who goes on TV— as a person, you know, who has done that before, one of the only things you have to be able to do is just exp- just take your little bit of knowledge and be able to express it clearly to non-lawyers and not even be able to do that. He's, he's just a disaster. So the last uh, the last nominee in this category is Mark Kazowitz, Kazowitz Benson, <laughs> who was the original Trump lawyer who uh, a series of misadventures took place uh, while he was representing until, you know. Ty and John showed up and started having their garden meetings. Yeah. Kazowitz is my pick for this category for a simple reason. So Above the Law is is a publication that has that has tussled with Kazowitz before. Okay, we 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 we've reported on his firm, we've reported on some of the shenanigans long before Donald Trump came into the picture. Mm-hmm. So when Trump hired him, it was this great moment for us, I think, as reporters, where it's like we knew it's like, oh wow. We're going to get stories now. Like, you don't have to – you knew that Kazowitz was going to implode generally along the lines in which he did yeah. months before it happened if you had really been following this guy's career. Um, so it was really just – it was a pass-the-popcorn moment um, that I think is deserving of an award. Yeah, I agree. I think Kaz falls into this. Uh, the story that came out from uh, – I can't remember if it was ProPublica or not, but uh, was amazing. It had a lot of – Great little professionalism moments. And 
yeah, it's the same thing we were saying about Seclo. From a perspective of a white-collar person, I think Mark Kazowitz is actually a very good lawyer at the thing that he does, which happens to not be be a white-collar defense lawyer. And so it was a bizarre choice. And it's the sort of choice that you have an obligation, probably as a lawyer, to say, this is out of my wheelhouse. Please don't make me your lawyer here. <laughs> but nonetheless. Are we sure that Seclo is good at anything? We we're sure that well, Kazowitz is good at something. He's not good at this. Right. He's are we great sure that at- Seclo is good at anything? No, we are not sure okay. of that. So that brings us now to, and, and this is this is sad, but we are coming up on the last, the last category. It's been a fun night, hasn't it? I mean, just the, the antics. Uh, yeah. All right. So the last category is a law professor of the year. Oh. And the last category this year is law professor of the year. Uh, our first nominee, Jack Vitianen, I think Vitianen. Uh, from Georgetown, he was arrested for uh, lots of meth uh, in a Breaking Bad kind of way. <laughs> lots of meth. <laughs> um, obviously, that case, was, was, he was just arrested. Who knows what happened? But uh, yeah, so, um, th- th- that happened. Um, <laughs> Do you keep his money in, in, in oil barrels buried in the desert? <laughs> the desert outside of Georgetown, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one. We have... Staying at Georgetown. Now, impressive year for Georgetown in this category, by the way. Uh, Randy Barnett, who brought in Jeff Sessions to make a conversation about the importance of free speech to an event where they didn't invite anybody because so they couldn't have. I, I actually went out purposely excluded some people who right. might not be amenable to Jeff Sessions' message about free speech at yeah. school. Now, I got to say, I'm not positive he's going to win this category but i really want him to so that we can as he's coming up to get the award we can do the this is randy's second nomination and second win uh because he won last, <laughs> yeah, last year, year yeah. for his scalia shenanigans right so i, I really want that uh well here we go uh we got a couple more all right uh there's a dual nomination uh amy wax and larry alexander oh god <laughs> amy wax and larry alexander who put out a <laughs> put out a an article explaining how well, black, black people just aren't that bright uh, was kind of their, their premise. It was, it was not just that we weren't <laughs> that bright. It's that the whole premise is that Western culture is superior to all other cultures. Wait, sorry. Well, you said Western culture. I'm hearing a little dog whistle in my yeah, ear here. They're, yeah, they're, okay. You hear yeah, that too? Yeah. Um, Western culture is superior to all other cultures. And if other cultures, not saying exactly who, but if other cultures, if other peoples just acted a little bit more Western, right? <laughs> some Western sometimes, then things would be a lot better for them. Wow, I mean, I forgot their. Oh, this this there's a reason this is our last their, category. Their, le- their law professors because yeah. it, the hate that they got went so beyond the legal profession. Yeah, no, there's a reason this is our last category because oh. it's it's probably our strongest this year. So yeah, so Amy Wax, Larry Alexander, they're not our last nominee. They're not? Uh, our last nominee is Harvard professor Alan Dershowitz for uh, his continuing efforts. Oh, uh, that's so sad. You've been the one who've written a piece about yeah, how I, sad it is. I'm a fan of Dershowitz. Dershowitz knows my family. I mean, he's nice to us. Um, and he's gone. He's so in the tank for the MAGA people right now. He's so in the tank for, I can't even, I don't even know how, exactly how to describe it, but he's so in the tank for saying patently ridiculous things, talking about how the president can't be, Nothing the president do can be illegal. Equating Black Lives Matters to terrorist organizations, he's he's lost. He's lost. And um, and unfortunately, to clarify for rules reasons, I should clarify that when he wrote on above the law a long screed about how I was a terrible person, which 
we invited him to because I thought it was awesome. But when he wrote that, that was actually last year. So that does not right, count not, for these not, awards. Yeah, we're not talking about the, yeah. Um, especially given that, I'm still going to have to go with Wax. With uh, Wax and Alexander. With Wax and Alexander. Because that was a controversy that truly transcended legal fields um, and legal discussions and got right to the heart of what, from my perspective, right to the heart of what racism looks like today. You know, because you don't, I mean, Trump people aside, you don't necessarily have the hood-wearing Nazis um, walking. I mean, of course, you do have that a lot. You know what I'm saying? In academic, Tiki torches, yeah. in, in academic settings, mm -hmm. uh, those people usually aren't there. Instead, you have these cultural racists, these cultural imperialists talking their bullshit. And Wax and Alexander so was really, when you think about it, it was an amazing article to kind of hit all of the racist notes in one piece. Um, and it's been so widely disparaged and called out, I don't see how there can be any other winner. And that's amazing because Dershowitz and Barnett had amazingly douchebag years this year. Yeah. And the other guy got arrested for meth. I mean, this is... He's the hero. Yeah. He he only he just did some meth. Yeah. He didn't try to hurt anybody else. He didn't make anybody else feel... He was just trying to get his meth on. Yeah. All right, so uh, we are in complete agreement. I think that Wax and Alexander win this award. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the show. I mean, this, was, this was a fantastic night. We are so excited. And all the luminaries in the audience, thank you for, for coming out. Chief Justice, thank you for the roast. It, I don't think it made this, but he did, <laughs> he did an opening number for us. It was fantastic. Congratulations to all, all our winners. All right, so... Uh, with that, I think we're done for another year. Probably done for the rest of the year. Yeah. Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy holidays. Yeah. So read us on Above the Law. Subscribe to this podcast. We Get are not going dark for the holidays. We're going to be dark two days, but the rest of it, we're there. Oh, yeah, yeah. We will still have content going out on Above the Law. Subscribe to this podcast. Review this podcast. Everything you write and stars help us become a more searchable podcast. Uh, I'm at Joseph Patrice on Twitter. He is at L-E-N-Y-C on Twitter. We are there more often than normal people should be uh, if you want to interact. And uh, with that, I think we're good. Help us make David Latt the next Associate Justice on the Ninth Circuit. Uh, well, uh, next judge on the Ninth Circuit. But yes, not justice. But yes, absolutely. He needs to get that job. And with that, we're done. All right. Say good evening. This is where we would have playoff music. But Feliz I, Navidad. Yeah, but I wasn't able to find it. So, all right. Bye, all. like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.